The Digital Personal Data Protection Bill 2023 is moments away from becoming law. Legal experts and general public are concerned about the ramifications of the law. Hi, you're listening to On Manorama's Explainer Podcast Newsbreak, a weekly show that breaks down news in a clutter-free manner. This is Harita Benjamin. And today we shall discuss about the implication of the data protection bill. The bill which was passed by the Rajya Sabha on August 9 has provisions to curb the misuse of individuals' data by online platforms. It comes after 6 years of the Supreme Court declaring right to privacy as a fundamental right and is expected to be implemented in the next 10 months. Today we have with us advocate Prashant Sugadhan the legal director of the Software Freedom Law Center which is based in New Delhi he will shed some light on the matter Prashant is also a practicing lawyer at uh, the Kerala High Court welcome to the show advocate Prashant thanks Erika all right so without further ado let's move on to the first question now the keywords uh, for the bill are digital personal data and protection So could you explain to our audience in very simple terms the purpose of the bill within the scope of these keywords So if you look at the current scenario you'll find that data is collected by the government for providing various services like let's say vehicle registration ration and a lot of other services Now the same with private entities you'll find that a lot of private entities like social media platforms for example Facebook and Instagram or the hospitals that you visit shops etc all these entities collect a lot of data all right so if this data specifically has information which is related to a person with which uh, by which a person can be identified like for example her name address phone number etc then this comes under the category of personal data right now misuse of such data could cause a lot of harm to an individual let's say shop that you are going to which has your personal data sells this data to third party advertisers you could end up receiving a lot of spam calls on your mobile so such misuse could also result in i mean a lot of financial crimes now you hear a lot about all these scams happening uh, on social media and on various platforms so all this is often due to such misuse of data and that is why protection of personal data is very important and this is the objective of the new data protection law all but right. one issue is yeah. the this is only limited to data in a digitized form and it would not apply to listen data which is not in a digitized form all right and uh, to look at it the bill casts a lot of obligations on businesses that collect data and any organization ranging from a clinic to a shop they will have to modify their data processing practices so that they are compliant with the law yeah now let's look at the question of consent in which all scenarios will consent be taken before using personal data and when is consent not required i think that is also an important aspect which needs to be uh, addressed right definitely yeah. so i would say if you look at any data protection law in, in any part of the world consent is i would say the cornerstone of such a law correct so the consent should be collected from data principles and when i say data principles since this is a word which will be commonly used like throughout the law and with that throughout this discussion so this usually relates to persons who give your data for example if you you give your data while going to a shop or on an online platform then you are a data principal and these platforms these organizations which collect your data should get consent from you and this consent should be free specific informed and in a revocable manner so 
one problem that you often find is that uh, you have all these terms of services and it's not easy for you to understand and discern what this all means. So that's why the law specifies that it should be an informed consent. The person should understand what this consent means. And it also should be limited for the purpose for which it is collected. So you can't collect it for one purpose and use it for something else. Right. So data collected for giving you a service that cannot be used for, let's say, uh, selling it to the advertisers or sending uh, you advertisements. All right. So what are the provisions of, uh, say, withdrawing your consent or modifying it under the new law? Right. See, there could be some situations where, let's say, you can uh, you would like to withdraw the consent. Then the law provides for that also. You, there are also situations where you can maybe change your data, let's say, get your data erased, etc. So all that is permissible under the new law. So even if you are given the consent, at any point of time, you can also withdraw the consent. Yes, when you withdraw the consent, the concerned organization entity can also withdraw the services which are based on this consent. Correct. All right. So uh, now this is the era of artificial intelligence. Yeah. How is AI going to feature in the grand scheme of things when you're looking at uh, the new bill? I would say AI, if you look at it, I mean, it feeds mostly on data. So the and regulation of data and data protection practices is very essential for, to ensure that the rights of persons are protected when it comes to artificial intelligence. Now, for example, one problem I would say with the bill is it exempts data which is publicly available. For example, data that you have made available on social media platforms. Even if it concerns your data, your personal data, that could often be scraped. And this could be used by various AI tools, AI models, to analyze your data, to profile you. And that, I would say, is a problem with the law. All right. So you're saying that, for example, if you have your social media uh, you know, pictures and uh... Uh, your profile details, this can be used right. by AI and they cannot be penalized uh, for using it from that, our public platforms. That is true. For example, right. I mean, you know, we all, I mean, upload our photos on various platforms. Often it is, this is made public. And then uh, AI tools, AI models, which scroll, kind of spider all this data to crawl the web, they can process this data. And with the kind of uh, capabilities which is available to the new AI models, this could cause a lot of risk, a lot of harms as far as citizens are concerned. All right. So uh, now moving on to the next point. So the bill refers to people who can process data as data fiduciaries, right? And uh, what are the restrictions which are imposed on these data fiduciaries in the new bill? For example, there might be uh, something with respect to consent, you know, sending of notices, security safeguards and things like that. So could you just, you know, briefly tell us what are the different restrictions imposed? Okay, there are entities that collect and process your data. I mean, for a specific purpose, they are called data fiduciaries. So this could be your uh, maybe online platforms, online um, shopping portals that you visit, etc. So this data, they can process it for any lawful purpose. This is based on your consent. And this, okay. they can also purpose it for something called legitimate uses. This is in the earlier version of the bill. This was called a deemed consent. Now it's called a, uh, using it for legitimate purposes. All right. But then uh, there are also certain restrictions imposed on these fiduciaries. So uh, certain obligations on these data fiduciaries. So they cannot retain the personal data of data principles, which are given for a specific purpose, for another purpose at all. Okay. So and they should erase this data in a manner that will now be prescribed by the rules. We only have the I mean, act as of now, and act is also uh, needs to be uh, let's say given assent by the president before it becomes a law. 
But once we have the rules also, we'll have a clarity as to how all this will be done. All right. Also, they should have a proper grievance register mechanism in place so that if you have any grievance with respect to the processing of your data by the data fiduciary, then you can raise a complaint with them. All right. And what about the storage of this data? You know, if there is any leak in that, uh, you know, how do you address that? So the bill has specific provisions for that. If there is a breach, then the uh, data fiduciary, they're supposed to inform uh, the data protection board that such a uh, let's say leak has occurred, such a breach has occurred. Then, the, let's say, if your data is lost, if your, your data is breached, then you could also raise a complaint with them and also approach the data protection board. All right. So uh, the bill talks about the nodal body for data protection. That's what you're talking about, right? Right, right. Yeah, all right. So uh, will grievance redressal be quicker henceforth? Uh, you know, uh, till now, it has been a little tough to pursue uh, uh, data breaches, right? And is it true that there won't be any compensation provided to the aggrieved party in case of a data breach? So the bill proposes the creation of a new body. It's called the Data Protection Board of India, uh, essentially to redress the grievances uh, of, well, let's say, persons affected by things like data breaches or, uh, let's say, where the data fiduciaries have not been careful about the handling of data, are not compliant with the provisions of the law, etc. Now, yes, this procedure will be quicker compared to the procedure we currently have. One problem is we, uh, as of now, there's, let's say, very limited protection if there's a breach. So you can, uh, as per the current law, that's the Information Technology Act, if there is a breach and you can then go to the concerned uh, authority, that's the uh, adjudicating officer as of now, if you have suffered a loss or I mean, somebody has gained out of this breach. So that's the only uh, provision that you have. But here, here there are like uh, a lot of provisions with respect to your consent, uh, deletion of data, uh, modification of data, etc. So all that is available. So it is not just uh, restricted to breach. There are also other provisions. Okay. Now, one problem is the current law, that's the Information Technology Act, Section 43 of that, 43A, that provided a mechanism by which an aggrieved person who has suffered a loss can approach the adjudicating officer. And if uh, the adjudication officer finds that this loss has occurred due to the negligence of the concerned entity, then he could order for a compensation to be given to the person. So you suffer a loss, you get a compensation. But unfortunately, that is not there in this new law. Okay. You would expect that there will be an improvement over the current situation, but this is what has happened. Yes, there is a provision to impose fines on these entities, but fines only help the government. Fines, it's not going to help the aggrieved person in any way. So that definitely is a problem. Right. Uh, so now let's look at the provisions which are outlined uh, for the government when it comes to accessing data. I think uh, that is the highly debated point here. Legal experts and uh, data protection activists are arguing that the provisions are riddled with loopholes. For instance, the bill says that the government can process a person's data for any function under any law in the interest of the sovereignty and the integrity of India or the security of state. Now, a statement like this, in my opinion, is open to wide interpretation. So, uh, as a lawyer who's you know been in the field, what is your take on the matter? And is there any restriction at all on government or government bodies? If you look at the uh, current situation, most of the government services are given over the internet. These are digital services. Yeah. You provide a lot of information to the government or various platforms. And these are all digitized. 
That, that way, I would say the government is the largest data fiduciary, collecting all sorts of data. Now, there definitely is a problem when government is trying to exempt itself from the obligations of the law. You being the biggest collector and processor of data, and then you exempt yourself, then definitely is an issue. Also, uh, any law for that matter, uh, there's the substantive law, that is the primary law, which is the act. And then there is a secondary uh, legislation, which is which are the rules. Rules are essentially meant to lay down the procedure of implementing the act. Now, we have a problem here when a lot of powers are given to the government to, uh, let's say, legislate on this. So yeah. you cannot have legislation, uh, there's a substantive legislation in the, in the rules. That should be in the paradigm. Now, here, that is the problem. A lot of powers are given to the government to come out with secondary legislation, that's a rule. And again, if you look at exemptions, there are uh, purposes like research, statistical purposes, uh, which are exempted, but these are not well-defined. The boundaries are not very clear and rendering it often for misuse. Again, a data fiduciary can be classified the government and it, that this includes even startups to be exempt from the provisions like notice and obligations for a data fiduciary, etc. So this could create a lot of issues. Again, the state is exempt from various provisions of data retention and eraser. Also, for a period of five years from the notification of the act, this could not, uh, this may not apply to various data fiduciaries, which are notified by the central government. So it's you find that uh, wide exemptions are given to the government, wide powers are given to the government. So that definitely is a problem. All right. Uh, so let's draw a comparison here. So if you're comparing it to, say, uh, you know, Europe and America, how is the scenario there? Like how are uh, governments also held accountable when it comes to data protection? If you look at let's say, the general data protection regulation, that's the law in Europe, yes. there are specific provisions and, and the government entities are also bound by the provisions. Can you it? won't find exemptions like this, broad exemptions being given to the government. Yes, there are some cases, for example, when it comes to things like security, law enforcement, etc., where some exceptions are given. But this, you won't find broad exemptions and broad rulemaking powers given to the government, which is the case here. All right. So now you spoke about, uh, you know, startup platforms, right? Uh, so startup platforms can also be exempted from the compliance requirements of the bill. And uh, will media also be affected by uh, the new act? Startups, the issue is that we will get to know the details only when the rules are finally notified. But right. this definitely gives powers to the government to exempt startups from various provisions like notice and obligations of the fiduciary, of the data fiduciary. So uh, they can but, use uh, it for you, only research, right? Or can they use it for commercial purposes as well? No, they, can, data? they can use it for commercial purposes. They could be like fully exempt from the provisions of notice. So a startup which is going to collect your data, they will not have to give a proper notice in the form uh, with proper consent, may not be required. The obligations of data fiduciary, that also may not be applicable to them. All right. All so right. that definitely is an issue. All yeah, right. you also asked about media. Yeah, that also is a concern because if you look at various data protection laws throughout the world, there will be exemptions for journalistic uses. Mm-hmm. Because okay. you, uh, in many cases, you need to talk to sources. You could be like a lot of data which be handled by uh, journalists, which are of a sensitive nature, which are of a confidential nature. Yes, and there, uh, we need to have exemptions to ensure that the freedoms, the right to practice the profession as well as journalists are protected. 
All right. Now, another aspect which has been, uh, you know, raised is the way these provisions are going to affect the Right to Information Act. So they're talking about uh, bringing a number of amendments uh, to the existing act. So uh, could you just list out uh, how it's going to affect the RTI? When the Supreme Court came out with the judgment of right to privacy, the, uh, they specifically dealt with the issue of balancing the right to privacy with the right to freedom of speech and expression. Now, we have a case here where the right to privacy is given as an excuse to kind of dilute or water down the provisions of the Right to Information Act. The current bill amends Section 8 of the Act and was disclosure of personal information. Uh, as per the current Section 81J, information relating to personal information, which does not relate to a public activity or interest, cannot be disclosed unless there is a larger public interest. But uh, there's also a proviso which says that something which cannot be denied to the parliament cannot be denied to any person. But this has all been replaced with the words that information which relates to personal information, that cannot be given. Now, this could create a problem. Now, even with journalists, you'll find that a lot of corruptions and a lot of other things are revealed by all these right to information requests, which could also include, let's say, personal information. Now, all, if all this could be denied, we definitely will have a problem and the objectives of the right to personal, I mean, right to information act will be defeated. All right. So uh, now to conclude, uh, what are the things you change about the bill to ensure that the personal data is protected? I would say first and foremost, a provision for providing compensation active persons, that definitely should be there. This is the least which could be there in a bill brought out ostensibly to provide protection to the rights of citizens regarding their personal data. Then the worst powers which are given to the government, that again is a problem. They have powers to come out with rules and exemptions like what we talked earlier. And this makes, I would say, a mockery of the parliamentary process. Our substantive lawmaking should be is now left to the executive. That right. I think is definitely, definitely. These are the two major issues that I would like to point out. All right. So thank you so much, Advocate Prashant, for joining us. Uh, with this, we come to the end of today's episode. I think uh, our audience is uh, quite clear on what the uh, act is all about. And uh, this is On Manorama's Newsbreak, an explainer podcast, which is produced by me, Harita Benjamin, with technical production by Idea Brew Studios. It comes out every week and is available on all podcast platforms. Do follow on Manorama.com for more updates.